0: today we talk again about a man a legend a myth a man known by many names none of them worth remembering a man who's cultivated a 60-year career in show business and managed to reach his peak at the ripe old age of 70 when he played a bit part in a cartoon as a potato a ruthless performer who is just at home on stage as he was in Johnny Carson's lap for years. Today, yet again, we talk about Mr. Warmth himself, Don Rickles. <laughs>
1: give him a solo, he goes
0: bananas. How you feel, Louie? I spoke to Pearl. She's fed up. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the DTF Podcast. My name is Sam Norton, and you are a listener or a new person, or you happen to stumble on upon this, and you're like, let's give it a chance, and now you're like, definitely not. I don't want to do this. Why is he so nasally? Is my thing fucked up? Is his thing fucked up? Nope, it's just my voice. My noi- my voice and my nose are all fucked up. I got a lot of things wrong with me, but we don't talk about him because I'm Irish and I don't cry. That, that's a weird intro, but hey, I'm glad you guys are back. We are here for part two. First time I did a part one, part two. Let me know how you feel about it. We are on part two of Don Rickles, Mr. Warmth himself. And uh, I, this is going to be the one that we have no history. You guys, if you want the history of Don Rickles, uh, go to part one. Uh, that was last week. Today, we are dissecting the brilliance of his comedy, the innovation of his comedy, and the, uh, I think, lack of ability of any comic that I know of to be able to compare on all levels with him. So let's get into it, shall we? Uh, we're going to have mini clips, so uh, enjoy yourself as we listen and learn and discover together as we hold hands verbally and audibly. Uh, me verbally, you audibly, whatever. I don't give a shit. Fuck you, okay? Alright, um, let's, let's start with this. Um, when I talk about Don Rickles, right, <sighs> comedy is very subjective. So, a lot of people can probably point out, a lot of people, that they enjoy more than Don Rickles. You know, Don's been around for 60, almost 60 years in show business. He's been doing comedy, stand-up comedy, at least that long. And so, uh, some people, whenever they listen to him or any of his clips, he can seem a little dated, right? Because he's, uh, (laughs) he's an old fucking dude. Um but here here is the pitch and what i'm going to try to to put some knowledge upon you guys that i personally feel about don rickles right like there first thing there are many comedians out there who do a similar thing to what don has done right he was the trailblazer but you know that there, there are many there are many people who came after that you could argue have done it better, but what I'm arguing today is that he has, he's like a Swiss army knife, and what he does, that nobody is that versatile, and even if they are that versatile, I don't think that all of their implements are as sharp or as lubricated as his. Even at, you know, the age of 90, which is, which is what he's at, you know, there's a reason he's worked that long, there's a reason he's stayed relevant that long. Uh, he's that good at it. Now, there are many comedians who try to riff, right? One of the things we're going to talk about is his riffing ability. His ability to go off the top of his dome, to react to situations around him. Billy Crystal, like I said in the last one, was quoted in saying that Don Rickles is a man who spins plates. We're going to talk about every single one of those plates today, right? One of them is riffing. And, uh, one of the best riffing comedians to date, at least to my knowledge someone who's able to react to the situations around him and be able to hot fire some punchlines off of it is a guy named jimmy pardo so we're going to compare what jimmy pardo does and what don does and see if we can't get a little uh perspective on why don was an innovator in a fucking uh high high elite uh comedian at riffing all right uh, there's a, also some... So, riffing's part of Don's repertoire, right? But there are also some comedians out there who still insult the audience. Uh, insult comics, that kind of panoramic way of uh, going after the audience, right? The, some of the direct insults, like, hey, look at you, you fat fuck. Uh, and then some indirect ones. Uh, Don't all fat people do this? That type of thing, right? Um, and one that's out there working today and has uh, kind of made a living off of it, not even kind of, that's how she made her living off of it and still does to this day, is Lisa Lampanelli, maybe one of the more well-known uh, insult comics working to date who got famous doing the roast, just kind of like Don did, and she uh, she's kind of taken up that mantle, and we'll see what Lisa does separately from Don, at least in my research of it and my kind of diving and dissecting into it insults uh when the audience is with you are fantastic right nobody takes themselves too seriously but there are some things you can do that turn people off and some things that you can kind of shuck and jive around and you know miss uh, miss all the landmines and sometimes uh i think lisa can hit landmines and i think uh Sometimes Don was able to be more suave about it, and that's what we'll dive into with that. And then the last one is, uh, you know, there are other comics that do uh, basically what you would say is the modern-day Don Rickles. The ping-ponging off the audience and having, uh, I call it one-sided conversation. You're definitely having a conversation, but holy shit, are you... Taking control of that conversation, right? Like that, someone is reacting to you, but you're there with a hot spitfire uh, reaction to whatever they say, to where nobody's gonna, nobody's ever gonna be able to take away the conversation from you. One, you got a microphone, and two, you're just better. You're just better at being the dick, right? Um. So one side of conversation, I think, Don. In my opinion, I mean, there there may have been, like, vaudevillian comedians, but I think Don was definitely the first one to do that on a grander stage, right? Playing in casinos and stuff, the whole lounges, that's what he would do. He would ask someone a question, get to know them for a half a second. Hey, what's your name? What's your, is this your blah, 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 right? And then he would, uh, you know, give them a little, give them a little how you do. They would, he would combine the riffing. From the conversation, all right, here's a new thing, and then he would insult it. All right, here's a new thing, boom, gotcha. And someone who I think is doing the modern day Don Rickles in that aspect is Big J Okerson. Uh, we will talk about him. I got some clips. Of him as well. He's fantastic, right? But we'll talk about what Don does as compared to what Big J does and see who might be better. But the point I'm trying to make is Jimmy Pardo, Lisa Lampanelli, Lisa Lampanelli, Big J. Ockerson. You could argue do each of these things better than Don, but what I'm going to argue is that you you can't... I don't, I don't know of a single comedian out there that has all three of those things wrapped up into one with, you know, combining them with These. It's like with Don, it's a cohesive element. He takes all of these elements and he puts them into a cohesive package that's also wrapped up with a bow of charm and sophistication. Like, yeah, he's an asshole, but he's got a little bit of a, you know, golden age of Hollywood swagger about him. I mean, he came from that and it hasn't left him. He's still kind of got that poise about him. Um so yeah all three of these comics I am not disparaging them at all I actually love them which is why they first popped up into my head but I want to talk about why Don is the Don he's the Don of comedy right uh the godfather of insult comedy so let's start with riffing right riffing now if you guys don't know uh the term you should cuz you're fucking comedy nerds but here's for you dumb shits out there right Riffing is simply improvisational comedy, basically, right? Riffing is if you're on stage in the middle of your joke, someone spills a drink, you say some dumb shit, like, oh, no, go ahead, put that anywhere, and then you finish your joke, right? Just being able to react to the situation or react to something you said or somebody else said. Just, just like uh, riffing is simply the ability to improv and react to a situation in a humorous way, okay? Now you got that fucking definition in your head, you dumb fuck. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so angry at you. Um, so Don, right? Don has this amazing ability to be present in every situation he placed, he put himself in, right? And Jimmy Pardo, I believe, has that uh, that ability too. Jimmy Pardo, if you guys don't know, uh, is uh, he, for the longest time, I don't know if he still does it. For the longest time, he was a warm up act. For Conan O'Brien's show. And a warm-up back before the talk show is you have a comedian go out there, get to know everybody, and you kind of just get the audience warmed up to laugh, right? Because, you know, if you spend all day at the fucking, I don't know, m and M store, eating handfuls of milk chocolate, you're probably going to be a little lethargic. So you have Jimmy Pardo come out, talk to you, riff on you, give a little bit of has your mother, shake your winky, and then get you into the mood of having a, having a good time. Jimmy Pardo's very quick at it, right? Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna listen to both of their, uh, kind of riffing abilities back to back, and then I'm gonna get, uh, into what one does out of the other, and keep in mind, I'm gonna tell you a few things, keep in mind, uh, Jimmy Pardo is fantastic, right, but he, I don't know if he has the same, uh kind of variance in his ability. You gotta remember, Don Rickles is a man who played, you know, casino lounges, mob playboy clubs, theaters, talk shows, galas, soirees, banquets, I mean, he fucking, like I said in the last one, he played for the president and for mob bosses, so uh, it's, it's a no-holds-barred attitude in every single one of those situations. He didn't really change it up very much, he, he was able to present Don as Don. And Jimmy also presents, you know, Jimmy Pardo's Jimmy Pardo, but he hasn't performed for the president, he hasn't performed for mob bosses, so it, his, uh, his panoramic uh, view is a little bit, uh, little bit more narrow. Don Rickles is a 360 type of panoramic view, so here are the two clips, right? If you listened to the last episode, we're going to play a quick thing from the last episode uh, when Don Rickles is at Ronald Reagan's second inaugural speech. He, uh, he was brought up by Webster, who was the, the little black kid from the show back in the 70s. He uh, Ronald Reagan's sitting there, and he goes into the audience. He talks to the Secretary of State now to set up that joke. Uh, this was during the Cold War, whenever there was a you know, little bit of tension between the Soviet Union and the uh, United States of America. So he makes fun of that, and then he makes fun of a well-known reverend who was a tale evangelist, and he used to, like... Uh, he got caught for fucking th- this was before he got caught for being a fucking scumbag, but he used to claim that he could you know fix leopards and shit like that. So those are the main components of who he's making fun of. So we'll listen to that and come right back. Uh, but also we have Jimmy Pardo who uh, this is from one of his uh, last uh, last albums that came out. and what he's doing is riffing, uh, towards the the beginning of the night, um, he's uh, in he's doing a theater that's down the street uh, from uh, a, we- a very well known club. I believe it was the Improv in uh, in California. I think it was the Hollywood Improv. But he he was taping his special and he reacts to the crab. So really no setup there. But we'll listen to both of those back to back and come back. So enjoy. Don Rickles and Jimmy Pardo.
1: <laughs> Remember when you were governor and you used to walk over to my table? <laughs> now you're big and you're getting on my nerves. I'll tell you this. Is he laughing? If you see Marines coming towards me, go into glory, glory, hallelujah, and shoot Webster. Anyway, nice to see you, Secretary Schultz. What are do you doing in the town? Anyway, uh, He's sitting there like there's nothing going on. Get busy. Go over to the embassy. Have a bucket of beluga. Anyway, uh, Secretary of State's here. And Billy Graham, nice to see you, sir. This hand is bothering me. Anyway. Clean it up. It's a nice, respectful studio. Masquerading as a comedy club. I, uh, I love it. A minute from here, there's my favorite club in the country. Somehow I've avoided this place I don't know what that whistle is I don't like it (laughs) Nothing in my act requires whistling I can guarantee that Nothing in my show You laugh or don't laugh Those are your choices (laughs) I prefer you sit there quietly Than go into a hillbilly whistle It's awful What did you think you were watching? I'm gonna whistle right now well, well, really? Why well, do I get a whistle? I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> and I can't express myself like others, laughing and, and smiling. So I'm going to go hillbilly. I'm going to go a little hazy, a little fire in the mountain. Rumble, run. and in Is that Chuck? Is that Charlie? Is that Daniels?
0: Yeah. One guy knows. Alright, that was Don Rickles and Jimmy Pardo going tit-for-tat on who could riff better. Um, now, in the, in the case of riffing, right, they're both quick as shit, right? The way that Don was ping-ponging around the whole audience reacting to how well his joke did, to, oh, I just saw this guy, let's make a joke, right? None of that was pre-planned. He was just kind of banging off everybody, right? And what I like most is just his ability to... Oh, uh, sorry. I forgot to tell you guys this. Theater of the mind, right? Uh, He is in a round stage when he's doing this. So imagine... And you guys can look it up on YouTube. It's Don Rickles at second inaugural of Ronald Reagan, right? But he's in a round stage. So he's surrounded by the whole audience. He is walking around the stage reacting to everybody he's seeing and making these little quick clips. And keeps going back to Ronald Reagan, like, I'll be right back with you. Are you getting this, Ronnie? Like, he he knows that he's there to roast Ronald Reagan, but he's going around the audience and just reacting to everything he's seeing around him. He basically does a 360. Starts, you know, starts with the band, comes back to the band, then finishes with Ronald Reagan towards the end of that set. But it's great that he's just able to so quickly ping around everybody. And with Uh, Jimmy Pardo set. Jimmy is riffing to his own joke. Whenever we came into it, he's making a joke and then he's like, What the fuck am I talking about? And then at the end someone whistles and he's like, I don't like that, so he react so he's reacting to a reaction of his reaction. Like that's very meta. It's very crazy. It's almost ADD or ADHD where you cannot keep a cohesive. And that's how I I think that's the main difference between Jimmy Pardo. And a lot of other uh, people who riff a lot as opposed to Don Rickles, right? And this is the main point I'm going to make with this. Both fantastic, by the way. But Jimmy Pardo and a lot of other comedians that riff a lot, I, it seems like they not bail, but bails, like they, they bail on their own jokes just because they're ADD, right? They'll be in the middle of a joke and then just... Boom! Right out of the joke, and go what the fuck, and then riff on that, and it's very funny, right? Because it's in the moment, and you're like, holy shit, this is in the moment. Whereas Don, it almost seems like anything that happens around him was pre-planned, and I think that's the difference for me. What makes Don so, uh, uh, so special, right? And every single little, um, and every single little uh, clip of his that I've ever seen. Something will happen to trigger him to think, but he'll be there if he's not there with something right away. He'll be there with a pause like he was it was meant to happen. He'll be there with the the salesmanship of uh, like almost like it's acting. Right. Jimmy Pardo. It was, you know. Spiraling down What the fuck am I doing on stage That's ridiculous I can't believe I said that (whistles) Don't like that And then he just goes into that Right Um Now that You could say Well Sam that seemed pretty planned Nah it doesn't Because He didn't finish his thought From the first one Right Whereas Uh Don Rickles Especially in this Ronald Reagan thing He gets everyone When he's going around Just Bipping and bopping around the whole uh, whole audience. Whenever he sees somebody, he says, Hey secretary, what are you doing here? Right? He could have just left it like that, but then he goes into like, Oh, what are you doing here? Yeah, I don't you think there's something more important going on? Jesus Christ. And then he keeps walking and sees Billy Graham's like, Billy Graham, my hand, it's uh it, my this one, this hand is not doing very well, right? And then he goes, Oh, I could have been a pitcher. I could've have, could have been a contender or whatever. Like that, se- that tag seems so insignificant, but to me, that's what made Don different, is that even if the tag to his riff was not funnier than the original punchline, it does punctuate a full thought, and then he moves on, which makes the next riff even funnier. Where, as Jimmy Pardo will bang, bang, bang he'll he'll hit something, right? And he'll go, oh, fuck, there's something down this road, right? And he'll keep going down that road until something else makes him turn right. Whereas Don Rickles will hit on something, get a laugh, and then he goes, I'm going to tag it once. And if it works, I'll tag it again. And if it that doesn't work, then I'll move. But it's very deliberate turning where Jimmy Pardo is, I'm going to keep hitting this. I'm going to keep heading down this road until there's a fork or something's in the road that makes me turn do you understand what I mean like it's they're both very deliberate in how they do it so maybe they're different styles but I see one as almost a a, uh, again it's almost it's almost like it's scripted in Don Rickles head before it even happens where it's like all right if I see something I'm gonna hit it once if it gets a laugh I'll hit it again and he keeps going if it if it gets a laugh he'll keep hitting it again but he only goes up to maybe two or three before he's like, all right, something new. Like, whereas Jimmy Pardo and a lot of other comedians I see will keep hitting something until something else comes along. So it, it's, it's almost like, okay, that's, that's the example I want to use. Sorry, it's taken me a second to come up with my, uh, my patented <laughs> patented metaphors. Jimmy Pardo and Don Rickles are driving the same car, right? They are in the same car. But it seems to me that Don Rickles is at the steering wheel, right? He's at the steering wheel. He's in the driver's seat. He drives and goes, we're going to go down this road. Jimmy Pardo also says, we're going to go down this road. But Jimmy Pardo is in a cab, okay? Don Rickles turns whenever he wants. Jimmy Pardo basically waits he gives direction of like, yeah, I want to go that way or I want to get to this destination. And the audience is in the driver's seat. You understand what I'm saying? Or not the maybe not the audience, but the, the set, the set itself, the, the atmosphere around him is in the driver's seat and he's reacting. So it'd be like at the taxi. If you've ever been in a cab, right, taxi driver turns onto a road and you go, no, we got to go back south. So then you've got to redirect him. So that's basically Jimmy Pardo's jokes, is if it tur- if it fucking makes a weird left-hand turn, a.k.a. the whistle, right, when he's in the middle of a riff, he'll fucking react to it and get it back on track. But he's not the one driving. The whistle is. Whereas, uh, you know, the whistle, the set, whatever is, the, the cab driver. Whereas Don Rickles and every set I've seen of him, even when someone pipes up... It's not like someone's driving. It's basically like him swerving around like a deer, right? Deer gets in the way and he goes, nah, and then he gets it right back on track and then makes a deliberate right a deliberate left. So it's never like he's out of control. He, it's almost like he's bottled chaos, whereas Jimmy Pardo is riding chaos, basically. Uh, that's the best metaphor I can give you. Don Rickles is driving the car. Jimmy Pardo is in a cab. Both fantastic, both get to the destination of funny, but one seems more deliberate than me. And I think that Don in that way stands out. It's it's he's 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 rarely, if ever, out of control of a set. And if he is ever out of control, he has this innate ability and charm to sit back in the pocket and just hit it back. Like it's almost like he pushes the brakes deliberately, stops the whole show and then speeds away at fucking 60 miles an hour, right? It's uh it's a beautiful thing, Riffin, and I think both of them do it well. Please check out Jimmy Pardo as we continue. But Don Rickles, I think the more deliberate, more seasoned professional, I mean, fuck, he's been doing it 60 years. I hope he's more seasoned, but that's something that sets him apart from every other comic I've ever seen, Riff. Now, so let's move on, right? So that's that's one element of Don Rickles riffing. Second one, insults. He was like the f- not the first insult comic, but he was the he was one of the first to make a fucking career out of it. I'll tell you that because there's a lot of people that you know did the roast. They had the Friars Club roast since Jesus, almost turn of the century, like late 1800s. Like that thing's been around forever. But Don somehow took that into lounge rooms and stuff. Now there's always been vaudevillian... Uh, you know, hosts and, uh, what are those called, ringleaders or whatever the fucking circus people are. There's always been those guys of like, oh, look at this fatty, huh? Eating too many hamburgers. There's always been those guys. But, nobody before Don, as a stand-up, was able to go up for an hour and seamlessly blend his stand-up message and act with insulting the crowd, uh, the uh, the environment and just society in general. Uh, Don Rickles, to my knowledge, is the first one to blend all of that together. So insults were Don's, uh, middle I don't even know if that's the right thing, but that was, that was his thing, right? Don and Don's insults, although from another era, I'll, I'll admit they're from another era. He, I mean, it's from the mind of a New York Jewish World War II veteran. So yeah, some of his, if you if you watch some of his stuff now his insults uh, you know they they're they may be a little dated when he says jap I guess but they never seem broad or careless right they they are very deliberate and what I mean by that is like his insults seem personal but not in a negative way right whenever you insult someone personal you, I granted that that's usually a bad thing but Don does it in a personal way like I like you kid like a Almost like a boss that becomes like a, a father or mother figure to you, and you uh, you feel you like you, you get hugs from them, right? You get a boys, stuff like that, or that of girls, right? But you also get like a tough love type thing. Like that's that's kinda Don Rickle's whole MO, is that yeah, it's it's rough, but it's love. There's always a little little twinkle in his eye when he says it, and it's it, and I I will dive more into how I think he does it it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty beautiful thing what he does but someone who also does insults very very well mind you is Lisa Lampanelli and we're going to listen to clips of them but I want you to keep in mind what separates Lisa and Dawn. and I honestly think there's this it's it's a little twinge of uh now I still like you type thing whereas Lisa's seems more um Not not bully, because she's very fun, very funny, but it seems more impersonal, okay? Now try to take that for what I said, right? And not personal, like go fuck yourself, fuck your mother, your mother Tina is terrible. It's not that, it's more this insult feels like it was written, written for me, right? Whereas Lisa's uh, seems more like this insult could be anybody else in the crowd type thing. Uh, I just happen to fit the stereotype that's going on right now, so we'll come back and listen. Uh, the first one is Don Rickles' uh, kind of compilation of him at a roast, um, him roasting uh, fucking everybody. He says their names uh, in it. There's there's so many people, but just listen to the jokes that he goes through. Um, and then Lisa's is uh, from one of her album tapings um, that. uh it's called uh, Dirtiest Comedian. Um, and she uh, she goes into the audience right away. This is uh, uh, from uh, a theater taping that she did. But she list- she goes into the audience right away uh, as opposed to uh, Don Rickles being at a roast. So I-, I do grant you that one seems personal because it is personal because he's talking directly at people. Um, and then Lisa is talking to... Um, people who are uh, just in the crowd but we'll we'll talk about why I chose these two clips when we get back so enjoy the clips and we'll be right back the
1: blacks the whites
0: the
2: purpose mostly the blacks
0: (laughs) I'm only kidding you Bubba
1: the black people belong in this country (laughs) Chinese Japanese Filipino my ass you're a Jap I'll tell you this three years In the jungle looking for your uncle. What am I bid for this broad before I introduce him? Look at this. The old guy went, Four dollars. I have based my whole humor on laughing at bigotry. I laugh at Will Chamberlain.
2: Ha 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 ha. But if you
1: don't laugh back, it's not funny. Is
2: that your wife, sir? Jesus Christ. I'll tell you this. What was it, a train? And
1: I love the Italian people. I'll never forget the word of Carmine Ganganonzo, who said to me in Brooklyn on a Saturday night. <laughs> no, you're a Catholic, and I'm a Jew, and Sammy, you're black. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, never, I never tell the truth. I, I exaggerate. I make fun of blacks, whites, Jews, child, well, Jews. <laughs>
3: Look at this, Hector, and then a black guy and the bald headed bastard. Oh my god. Looking at this head, it reminds me to go home and clean my dildo. (laughs) That's not true. Mine's black. Anyway. Oh, that's right, bitches. You know me. I bang a lot of black guys. That's my thing. That's right, son. Yes, son. It ain't by choice. I just haven't lost enough weight to get a white guy to fuck me. That's the problem. You white devils with your skinny bitches, I gotta put up with that. Because black guys enjoy the Padunka dunk son. Isn't that right? Even though you're kind of a white black guy, like, you know, a Bill Cosby black. You know, a black guy with white features like a job and a cell phone. You never see that. That must be some prepaid shit, motherfucker. Prepaid, prepaid. Prepaid. But black guys are cool. They do like a big ass. My black boyfriend says the bigger the cushion, the sweeter other potion." Bull. He just wants to have something to hide behind when the cops start shooting. Because once you go black, the cops will attack.
0: Okay, that was Don Rickles and Lisa Lampanelli uh, going into the audience and roasting the fuck out of everybody. Very good insults, right? Very funny. Uh, both, And I know some of you are like, well, Sam, why don't you choose some of Lisa Lampanelli's uh, roast jokes that she did, right? And my point of this was to show that Don has broad jokes even when it is, uh, you know, very personal, right? Even at these roasts, he's saying stuff like, uh, you know, I, uh, Sammy, you're black, I'm sorry, right? It's very... Uh, very kind of broad And like a right Like if you were to read it you go like alright That's a just a black joke right But you have to listen to how he says it Which we just did It seems so personal in the way that he does it And that's every single one of his bits No matter if he's on the talk show couch Or if he's in front of a podium at a roast Or he's in a fucking lounge It is directed not at you But for you You understand what I'm saying? Whereas Lisa's seems like it's directed at you. It seems much more aggressive, a much more, um, I'm going to get them, right? That's a lot of insult comedy I see. And I think that's the difference with Don towards, uh, most insult comedy, uh, I've seen in my career and in general, just as my fandom is like, it always seems to be going at somebody, which is fucking funny, alright, I'm not denying that at all, I'm gonna keep saying that with each of these so that way I don't get any comments going like, well fuck you Sam, you think they're bad? No, I think all of these people are great, but the, the there's a there's a little difference, whereas Don seems like they're four people, right, like it's, it's almost like every single one of his insults that he throws at people, he almost brings them in with like an arm over their shoulder, like, look at this fucking guy, I love this fucking guy, fuck this guy, Whereas Lisa is almost like, you know, whenever you're at a bar and you're drinking with somebody, uh, it's like that scene at a Goodfellas where he's just like, I'm just busting your balls. Hey, Tommy, if I was going to
1: break your ball, I'd tell you to go home and get your shine box. (laughs) This kid was was great. I used to call him Spit Shine
2: Tommy.
1: I swear to God. He'd make your shoes look like fucking mirrors. Excuse my language. He was terrific. He was the best.
2: He made a lot of money, too. Hello, Tommy. No more shines, Billy. What? I said no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up there and tell you. Right. I don't shine shoes anymore. Relax, will you? For out? What's, what's
1: got into you? I'm breaking your balls a little bit. That's all. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes I
2: mean, you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. Honey, yeah.
1: I'm mean, i only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls, and you right you're getting fucking fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean Come to on. offend
2: you. I'm sorry, too. It's
1: okay. No problem. Okay. Shall so. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.
2: Motherfucking hey, mutt! You, come you, come you come fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Come on. Come
0: on! Come on! You know, there's that... <laughs> there's that real... There's that real thin line between busting balls and uh, you know, fucking straight insulting. And I think, uh, I think Lisa plays that edge very well. She plays that edge very closely, but it sometimes can feel like she's being a goddamn bully. Uh, and I know that she's kind of gotten flack for that sometimes over the years. Uh, thankfully, well, she's lost a little weight now, but thankfully she was a big old fat, uh, <laughs> big old fat girl for a while. So, uh, a lot of times people would that's a that's a pretty disarming thing as opposed to being, you know, a giant, muscular, fucking bald-shaven white dude. You know, people may not take too kindly to a lot of what she said coming from that face. So that's worked for her. Um, but the... And that's not negating her ability as a comic. I'm just saying it's part of it, uh, of being able to say some heinous shit. Um, she, uh... But she can... You know, she can seem... Like she's not uh, saying it for you, you know. It's it's not a a lot of times it doesn't seem very chummy. Uh, she gets a lot of laughs, uh, and she she does make a party out of it, but she it, there's not a lot of flippancy is the main difference, right? Um, now she she smiles and cares and wants to laugh, so it's it's not that she is making it uh, more. More of a go fuck yourself thing She's going for the laugh just like Don right And Don it's not like he's Trying to be chummy chummy bum bum He's going for the laugh too But I think what the difference is at least in my head That I've researched is Just seems like The the flippancy of it Makes it less harsh And what I mean by that is Don was Known Or like if he had a Uh a catchphrase or something, it was, I'll tell you this, right? And he always said that after an insult. And not always, but a lot of times he would say that after an insult, right? He would, you know, he would say something personal to you. Uh, <laughs> something like, ah, go fuck yourself, right? Uh, and he would soften it. It was like, it was like, I'll tell you this, And moving on from his insult, like if he said, uh, hey, you gotta... You got a fat... You got such a fat waist, you got to use a boomerang to get around it, right? That old fucking thing. You got such a fat waist, you got to use a boomerang to get a, Get a belt around you. i tell you this, right? The, i tell you this, kind of made that insult like a rubber bullet. Like, it was coming at you hard. But then he turns it and softens it a little bit because he's so flippant with the, uh, the insult that he's not sticking around to really, uh... To really hurt you, right? It is, you know, he, here's a fat joke. I'll tell you this next person. And then, you know, it's not just you. Whereas, um, you know, you, if, if you, if you stick around on somebody like Lisa did in this bit, uh, the, the, the white black guy, right? The, you know, your nice cell phone, yada, yada, yada. If you stick around on someone like that, it, it starts to seem like... it. Oh, okay. You are just making fun of me. Uh, because she doesn't seem flippant about it. She seems very deliberate, if that makes any sense. Where with riffing, I was saying... Yeah, Don is very... It seems like he's very deliberate. With his insults, it seems like he's... Doing it... Almost like a... Pulling you as an out-of-body experience... So that you can laugh at yourself, Right? Whereas, you know, Lisa seems like she's trying to get you to laugh at yourself, but you can only take so many insults before you start to go like, all right, is is this fucking, is this just at me? Like, why am I the person that you're going after? And she hits a lot of people, again. But I think uh, think there is that fine line where you stay on somebody uh, and you keep hitting them with punchlines without... Giving him a wink or a nod or a little, uh, you know, firing the finger guns to let him know, like, ah, I'm just, I'm just fucking around. We're all just fucking around. Whereas Don could do that, but stay in character, right? There's a lot of, and uh, even, even the, you know, shooting the finger guns, what I was saying. That's how amateur I am. Even that makes someone go, like, okay, like, that's not really an apology. Whereas Don, he could stay in character and not have to give an apology, he would just give this, like, broad, hey, I get everybody because, you know what, you know, we should all uh, make fun of bigotry and stuff, except for this guy. This guy's, he's way too black. I can't deal with it, right? Something like that, where he cuts cuts the legs out from underneath himself, but then he also cuts the legs out from underneath his own joke. So if he said, hey, I make fun of all bigotry, we should all get along uh, and and get rid of bigotry, except towards this black guy. Uh, let me tell you this, right? I'll tell you this. Whenever he does the, I tell you this. It's it's dumb because it's a punchline indicator. Uh, you know, like fucking. Here's your sign. What the fuck is that guy's name? Here's your sign. Can't believe I can't remember his name. But that's how much I fucking hate him. Uh, punchline indicators bad. But the, I tell you this, I think was to show his flippancy, to show that he didn't mean what he said because he was just moving on. It was just boom, boom, boom. I'll tell you this. And then he moves on and then you're no longer important. And so since you're no longer important, neither was the insult that he just said. Whereas when you you stay on it and hit more and more punchlines on somebody without showing that, nah, I don't need you anymore it seems like it becomes personal in a bad way not a ah there you go boy it seems more like a hey go you can go fuck yourself type thing so lisa's very good at writing roast jokes and being present enough to insult somebody but she can and i and i'm not even singling her out technically because a lot of a uh, lot of kind of insult comics do this too where it's like they find a mine, and they fucking dig it to death. They strip mine it. Whereas Don could pull insults out of, out of everyone, right? He would just move on. He would find something, pick up a nugget, gold nugget, and be like, all right, I'm taking this, and then move on. Then you go, okay, was that gold even important? And he goes, no, because I'll find another one over here. Uh, so it, it seems he, he devalues the gold that he even throws out in the world, and it makes you not mad that he stole the gold away from you. If that, that that would be my analogy or metaphor from him. He can devalue the gold he just mined from your own property and you're thanking him for it. Whereas Lisa and other insult comics like her, uh, you watch her take gold nugget after gold nugget and you start to get a little resentful. You're like, what the fuck? Why is it just coming from my mind? You know? But they're both fantastic comedians. Both great insulters, but that's what Don I think does separately is he's he's flippant. He he gives you he gives you an attaboy without ever stepping out of character. And that's why he's one of the greatest, right? So now we got two down. Riffing. Insults. What's next? Huh? What else do we got? Like I said, the third one is conversation. Able to converse, have a one-sided conversation with the audience. That is a masterful thing to do because you're putting part of your act into the hands of an audience member right but when you're skilled enough to command that conversation you're not you're not putting your hands in there uh you're not putting your act in their hands at all because you it's like it's like driving with a six-year-old right it's my second driving analogy but it is like driving with a six-year-old When you do the pedals and you let them uh, drive the steering wheel, it's like, yeah, they got the top of the steering wheel, but if you need to fucking jerk out of the way, you got it. Like They they think they're part of the the driving experience, and yeah, they got their hand on the wheel, but if it starts to go down a bad path, fuck them. They're six years old. You're a grown adult. Not only can you overpower them, but you got the wheel, right? And that's what Don and... Uh, our other uh, comedian, Big Jay Okerson, do right. They are driving with a six-year-old. Big J Okerson, the modern-day uh, Don Rickles in that way. Now, Don talks with uh, with the audience and not at the audience. That's the one thing that I want you guys to pay attention to while we listen to it. Um, his genius is both respecting their kind of hum- their humanity and how they and their humility, like they feel, um, you know, they're, uh, you know, please don't completely embarrass me, that kind of humanity part, but he doesn't respect their sensitivity, right? If they go, oh, don't hit me here, he's like, no, I'm gonna hit you there, but I'm not gonna linger on you. That's the main difference, right? You can respect someone's humanity without giving a shit about their sensitivity, and I think that uh, in a bigger sense, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I think in a bigger sense, that's uh, that's a big problem that comedy has nowadays. Is that we have to respect everybody's sensitivities. It's like, no, you're you're a strong human person, right? Insults and uh, riffing and shit like that, like they sometimes lead up to something that uh, may sting a little bit, but you're a strong person, right? The the only thing is you have to respect people when they say okay that's enough that's the only thing right when when they when someone when someone finally cracks and goes please don't that's when you go all right i'm going to respect your humanity whereas some comedians don't do that and i think that's the separation between big j and um and don is don always respected someone's humanity at the very end of any conversation he had he always was gracious and says thank you uh, whereas big J you'll hear uh, just kind of has a one-sided conversation throat <laughs> excuse me throws people to the curb and you know what I'm with big J I do the same thing so we're gonna listen to uh, a couple of clips um, this is uh, kind of a compilation of Don having <laughs> one-sided conversations i I compiled together so you guys can have some quick clips and another one of uh, of big J is uh, from one of his uh, one of his tapings that he had, and he 's at the New York comedy club The Stand, where he 's doing a little bit of crowd work and having a conversation with a table of ladies, so we 'll listen to both of them and enjoy their uh, their comedy so we 'll be right back.
1: Dean Martin said to me when Governor Reagan or Regan, whatever they call you
2: i don 't care.
1: Carson Wells, uh, ladies and gentlemen, has been a great star for some of the years. Uh, this man was married to a great many women in his life. They're all flat now. Marty, when we see all the films you did, none of them were great. <laughs> De Niro is sitting there. He's one of the great actors of our time. You ask him. Uh, <laughs> I'm singing in the I'm singing. 90 lay down. <laughs> what is this London? I must be honest. I never liked Lucille Ball. Well, I never did. I've seen Cook in many, many movies, and I say from the bottom of my heart, as an actor,
2: he is weak. <laughs> Any woman here shit their pants as an adult? What are the odds that's true? That no one has? who has? You pointed out to somebody? No, I did not. Yeah, you did. Come on, stool pigeon. Don't fucking bail on me now. Who? Point her out. No, you didn't. You shit your pants? I own it. Well, it doesn't feel like you're owning it. What happened? no you're not you feel judged by your friends now you shit your pants I have no idea what you just said it's a bit early to be that drunk yeah these girls are fucking hammered it's Sunday whatever you gotta work tomorrow no No? what do you do bartender that explains a lot See, so guys this is your night to party <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah just all girls night what about the yeah. dudes no dudes No <laughs> your vaginas <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna fucking bash all your holes together and make some kind of a fucking vacuum <laughs> just hardwood floors full of cooch juice and lint from a drunken split session. Why don't you invite a few more girls? Let's invite more of the absence of space. Let's get 15 holes together. That was a good answer, right?
0: I'm pretty quick. Some would say the quickest. That was Don Rickles and Big Jay Oakerson. Please look up Big Jay. He's fantastic, fantastic comedian. Uh, now, here's the difference, right? Um, now, the compilation I put together... Again, I know some of you are going to be like, well, these aren't comparisons. Like, you did, a con- you did a conversation, a full conversation on one, like you did with Lisa, and then Don gets these compilations. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. Just trust me, all right? Mm-hmm. Don... Whenever he had a conversation, it never lingered, right? I think the lingering is what a lot of comedians do, where they'll linger. It's kind of the same with the insults with Lisa, right? They'll linger on a conversation with one particular person, just strip mine it to death, right? And that we did, talked about that with insulting, but with conversation, you can have a conversation with somebody and not linger on it, right? You can have a little tit for tat. Uh, you know Have a real Decent conversation But then move on Right The moving on I think is what Separates A, a comedian There to uh, Entertain And give uh, Give a full Experience to Everyone in the audience And then As opposed to Lingering Which is If you linger You can accidentally Embarrass somebody Because they didn't Go there Necessarily to be Part of the act Right People get embarrassed being the center of attention in big crowds. Now, there are some people, and I'm sure like the one loudmouth <laughs> in this clip where she just keeps piping up, where she likes the attention, right? There are a lot of people like that. But I think what you can do is you can accidentally be, turn into this bully mentality where you just keep putting someone down who either didn't want to be a part of the... Uh, show in the first place, so in order to save face, they keep trying to combat uh, the conversation, when like I said, it's like a kid trying to go to the candy store while he's on your, you know while he's on your lap is what I was about to say This is turning into like a pedophilic metaphor now <laughs> While the kid's on your lap Driving and he's trying to go to the candy store You're just going nope kid we're going back to the basement and Fucking like I don't know where that got way Out of hand you guys know what I'm talking about Right when you got a kid Like your niece or nephew or son or daughter Right on your lap and you're driving with them Right if the kid Wants to turn one way Uh you can go Nope we're gonna stay this way Right but the problem is you can, if you have a conversation with the kid in your lap going, we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And every time they keep trying to turn to Chuck E. Cheese, you just keep turning into, like, the fucking Bed Bath Beyond parking lot, right? That's funny. That's hilarious. But you know who's not laughing? The kid. And that's the problem, right? If you keep doing shit like that, uh, it can alienate uh, the... The, the person you're having the conversation with because it turns into a bully mentality. Whereas what I always saw Don has done his whole career is he he never promises a destination. He only promises a trip. So speaking like staying with this analogy, this fucking creepy pedophilic analogy I accidentally came up with, right? Kid's driving in your lap, kid asks where are we going? We go, oh we're driving. Right, that's all Don would promise, so that way there was no uh, no bully mentality. There, there's a huge difference in what I see Don does and almost every other uh, comedian who goes into conversation, me included. Right, so I think all three of these. Now that I look back at it, I'm me included because I love riffing, insulting, having conversations, but I don't do it that well. I don't do it to the way that Don does it, and Big J. Uh, Is way better than me As far as conversation But I don't think he's up to the level of Don In that Big J can have a bully mentality sometimes Whereas Don always had that wink and a smile And a good caring nature But also his conversations went beyond One-sided conversation like I said right? Big J has a one-sided conversation He fucking steals the wheel And doesn't let anybody else drive Makes them think they drive They don't Don almost... It's almost like a fucking, um... <laughs> uh, giving a kid, uh, like, a, a full... One of those uh, DMV cars where one side of the car is a, <laughs> a fully working uh, wheel and pedals. And the other one just looks like a fully working wheel and pedals. So the, the audience feels like they are... They can drive... But Don's driving all the while. Like, there's nobody on his lap. He's just fucking driving. So that's why I don't think that Don even has conversation. Don holds court. He is up there on a pedestal above everybody looking down, going, now you can speak to the king, right? And that difference is something that it comes a lot with talent, but I'll have to give a little bit of sway to Big J in this instance and in saying... That also comes with reputation, right? Don Rickles, even when he was back in the 50s, he got to know Frank Sinatra and all these huge Hollywood starlets, and he got very famous on being able to riff, insult, and have conversations with people. That's how he—that's how his act became famous. And that's really intimidating to try to have a conversation with somebody like that where you're that popular and famous that so that person's talking to you, you get fucking nervous, so he doesn't hold conversations. He holds courts. Um, whereas Big J has a conversation because you know he's he's pretty famous-ish at least in comedy. But you know there are some of you out there that are like who the fuck is Big J Oakerson? Exactly. You show up to one of his comedy shows, you're gonna probably talk back and not have uh, not have the respect to just let him hold court. So I think that's the difference in what Don does, right? Don um, he. He is driving. He 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 gives you an illusion that you're part of the process, but you ha- have absolute power. Whereas Big J um, has uh, you know has you in his has you in his lap, so you have a little bit. You could jerk the wheel and fucking crash the car, which I'm sure has done has been done in some of his sets. But on the whole, you, you're you're going wherever he wants you to. If you want to go to Chuck E. Cheese, go fuck yourself. We're going to Bed Bath and Beyond. And I think that's the the main difference between the two. Holding court versus holding the conversation. Don's the only comedian I know of uh, working today or, you know, working even in the last 60 years that was able to just hold court, right? That, that comes with reputation. Um, and he also did this all while being clean-ish, you know? Not super clean. He still had innuendos and shit, but... He wasn't saying fuck, and then what was Big J's thing? It was something about pussy juice. It was fucking hilarious, but it was also Don would hold the same court at a club that he would, you know, at his theater show or that he would on television. And that was uh, a. That, that's partially from where he was bred out of, Com- comedian wise. You It was harder to be a dirty comedian. Look back at my. Uh, <laughs> my. Uh, episode about Lenny Bruce, but Don uh, Don was able to do all this, uh, being clean and the and the thing is like he was able to be clean, but he also he kept his balls while still having humility. You know, he had balls and humility, right? He had charisma and poise. He retained his humanity while still being kind of a monster. Like it, he he plays this weird oh god it's such a it's such a tapestry that is balanced out so beautifully that you know that he's intimidating but he's so welcoming like you'd be scared to give him a hug but when you're actually giving him a hug it would feel so right it would feel like oh i feel like i'm fucking related to this guy and it's the same with him insulting you in the reverse way his insults feel like punches to the face but they, they feel like also a hug. Like, ah, shit, he got me. Chris Rock, in the documentary I have, Mr. Warmth, um, and I think Clint Eastwood, both said in their own way that to be insulted by Don Rickles is the most exciting thing. Like, people... I think Whoopi Goldberg also said it, too, is that you can watch people in the crowd, you know, it, in in the outward expression of their emotion they look nervous and oh i hope he doesn't come after me i hope he doesn't insult me but you know deep down that's the reason they went to a don Rickles show you know that deep down after they that he insults them they're like oh i got insulted by don Rickles. like it's such a fun thing to be to be Just be in his presence to be one, and it feels one-on-one with him. You know, it feels like oh, he chose me, right? He, he and I had that one little moment together. I got to be his magician's assistant for 30 seconds, and that's what Don is able able to give everybody, whether you're willing or not, whether you're uh, wanting to be the center of attention or wanting to just cower away. After he... After Don held court where you were up on the pedestal with you, you you felt like you, you came down on fucking angel wings. Just, okay, Don made fun of me and not you. Like, the magician chose me to pull the card and not you. Like, it was a... It's a special trick that Don does, and I don't think anybody does it better. Don's the most welcoming, insulting comedian. I think that will ever live. Maybe one of these three will uh, be able to prove me wrong. Uh, they all definitely have the talent and work ethic to, uh, to be able to prove me wrong but as right now Don Rickles stands above almost any comedian that's ever lived as the most versatile the most uh, beloved stand-up comedian not only amongst the regular population but amongst other comedians he is uh, Mr. Warmth himself. He's the man that makes us all strive to be a little bit more dickish and a little bit more caring at the same time. And that's where we end it, guys. This has my, been my love letter to Don Rickles. Um, I hope that you guys check him out uh, anywhere that he's at. I know he's doing. Check out his website. Um, he has a bunch of his. Uh, dates coming up soon. He is, like I said, 90 years old. So if you can see him, do yourself a favor and see him before too long. Also, go back. I'm gonna mention these names again. Go back and please follow and enjoy. Uh, if you if you like Don Rickles at all, please enjoy Lisa Lampanelli, Big J Oakerson and Jimmy Pardo. Uh, they are all three fantastic comedians in their own right. Uh, it's just hard to stack up against greatness. But I mean, who was a better president than? fucking George Washington in the eyes of mythos fucking what Abraham Lincoln maybe (laughs) so that's what that's what everybody's fighting for is trying to be bigger than you know fucking George Washington um so again thank you all for listening I hope you enjoyed it please get at me and go out and find your own funny I love you all to death you are the best you're the reason I do this and uh I will talk to you next time Bye
2: Just hardwood floors full of Cooch juice and lint